Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. I am your host, Zach Guggenheim, and I am here to give you the week seven recap. It was a, a bit of a, a weird week in the Big Ten. A lot of teams on buys, but there was obviously a big upset. So we're going to talk about all that. Power rankings, top 10 in the national scene. If you love this podcast or, and you want to get more of it, make sure to like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a review. Just a, a quick programming note, I am probably going to stop recording these for YouTube, at least for the time being. There's been a lot of video issues, and so I'm going to just focus a little bit more on the, the podcast end of things. If the video ends up working out, I might try to put a couple videos on YouTube. Uh, also, feel free to, to follow us on Instagram. You can follow us at Big Ten Football Talk, which is, you know, same name as the podcast. And uh, what I might start doing is, is after watching some football games, I might do some just quick reactions and live videos on there uh, as I have time. So that's Big Ten Football Talk on Instagram. Also, feel free to follow my Twitter page. It's just Zach Guggenheim on Twitter and uh, you'll get some, some thoughts there just as games are going. So let me, let me dive right in. This is going to be a shorter video or shorter podcast. I'm just going to do the re the, just do the power rankings in the top 10 and my recap is going to be kind of embedded in the top or in the power rankings. So I'm going to start from the bottom. Like I did last week, I have Illinois at 14. They were ranked 14th last week. They were on a buy last week. And so they, they stay in the basement. Number 13, I have Rutgers. Rutgers was number nine. They drop all the way to 13. They're now three and four on the season and they're winless in the big 10. They lost to Northwestern 21 to seven. I was really surprised by that game. Surprised how Northwestern really controlled that game. Uh, one thing to note, and I didn't realize this going into the game, Aaron Crickshank was out. And I think that was probably a big factor in the loss alongside the fact that Rutgers went Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State, and then had to play at Evanston. That, that is a much different path than what Northwestern had to face. So I, I'm not sure if it's just Rutgers isn't good enough. It, it, maybe we overhyped them a little bit because they had, you know, they had a win against Syracuse and they didn't blow it against Temple or Delaware, which I think is these are steps in the right directions for Rutgers. But in the end, they lost to a bad team in the Big Ten by two scores. And so I have them at 13. Northwestern, I have at 12. Obviously, they beat Rutgers. Big win for them. You know, I've been saying the past few weeks, I would not be surprised if Pat Fitzgerald makes a run. I didn't have that necessarily in my projections for the midseason review. But, you know, I, I'm not going to be surprised if, somehow Pat Fitzgerald gets his team to 500. I, I think he's got a long way to go, but Pat Fitzgerald, man, is a, he's a great coach, knows how to get his team ready. Brian Holinsky is starting to look a little better. So we'll see what Northwestern does. Uh, I had Northwestern 14th last week and I had Illinois 13. That was a, a mistake uh, in my notes. So Illinois dropped to 14 Northwestern came up to 12 from 14. So uh, so Illinois 14, Rutgers 13, Northwestern 12. I have Maryland at 10 or at 11. They were 10th last week. They're on a bye or they were on a bye this past week. 
At 10, I have Nebraska. I had them sixth last week. Shame on me for thinking that Nebraska was going to get things together. Shame on me for thinking that in the, in the midseason review. They lost to Minnesota 30-23. to 23, And honestly, that, that score is closer than the game actually was. I, I don't know how Nebraska can hold on to Scott Frost any longer. And I could probably spend more time on this, but I feel like I already have. You've seen Scott Frost for now three and a half seasons. I don't know how many ways you need to see him lose before you realize he's not the guy. He should be fired. And again, I don't like advocating for, for coaches to be fired unless if they, they really deserve it. But this is the Nebraska Cornhuskers. I get that they're not the power that they once were, but you're telling me they can't be at the level of Iowa or Wisconsin. Like PJ Fleck has owned Nebraska. I think they're four and one at this point. Like that's, that's crazy. There is no reason why Minnesota should be four and one, why PJ Fleck should be four and one over Scott Frost's Cornhusker teams. Like that's absurd. They're three and five and they lost to Illinois and they lost to Minnesota. Their, their three wins are to Fordham. And then let me look here. Their, their three wins are to Fordham, Northwestern, and Buffalo. That's it. And they've, they've lost every other game. I have them 10th. The only reason why I don't have them lower is because they crushed Northwestern. Uh, they have more wins than Illinois. And I, I do think they would beat Maryland and Rutgers, although I'm not even sure about that. So I have them at 10. I have Indiana at nine. They were eighth for me last week. They, they really did a good job against Michigan State. I, they played better than I expected. Still lost 20 to 15. Uh, but, you know, their defense really hung in there. I was really impressed by them. Uh, the offense has major struggles, and that's going to be a huge issue for them as they play Ohio State next week. So I have Indiana at nine. One, one thing about Indiana, too, if you look at their schedule, they had crossover games with Indiana, and they have crossover games with Minnesota and Purdue, and then they have to play the East. They might end up not going to a bowl, and I don't think it's because they're a bad team. I actually think they're a pretty – like, their defense is really good. It might be the best defense that Ohio State has played up to this point, even better than Oregon's, although Oregon didn't have Thibodeau when, he, uh, when they played them. But Indiana's offense is just stuck in mud right now. And I think that it's a, it's a shame that their division is so hard and that they pulled Iowa and Purdue – uh, you know, they play Purdue every year for the rivalry game, but they also, they play Minnesota and they play Iowa. That's a, that's a tough cross division slate for them. So I, I have Indiana at nine, Wisconsin at eight. They were ranked seventh last week. Um, I, I was tempted to flip-flop Indiana and Wisconsin, but to be honest, I think Wisconsin and Indiana are pretty similar teams. And I just went with the better record. Wisconsin beat Army 20 to 14. Not an impressive win whatsoever it's gonna be interesting to see wisconsin purdue uh, you know that's that's gonna be it's gonna be hard to pick because i'm not sure if purdue is gonna kind of go back to what they typically do which you know in 2018 they they lost 
to Ohio or they beat Ohio State, who was number two, and then they lost, I think, three straight games after that. And so does Purdue do the same thing. Wisconsin is not a great team. And they showed it again against Army. They don't have much in the way of passing. That Army defense is really bad against the pass, and they couldn't throw throw against them. So I, I don't know what's up with Wisconsin. I have them eighth. And I'll be curious to see what, what Purdue Wisconsin does to see where I can, where I would move them after that game, Minnesota at seven, they were 11th last week. They defeat Nebraska 30 to 23. I it's Minnesota so hard because they beat Purdue and they, you know, they're four and two, you know, Minnesota has beat uh, Purdue. They beat, Nebraska, they beat Colorado 30, 30 to seven. And then, you know, but they lose to Bowling Green. And I'm just like, what? I, I don't understand the Big Ten West at all. Big Ten West is, is just mind boggling to me. Uh, so PJ Fleck, great coaching job. Uh, Minnesota is on or is playing Maryland next week. And so I, I would imagine that they'll win that game. So PJ Fleck starting to get something going, despite the fact that they got beat by Bowling Green. So we'll see what happens. I got Minnesota at seven, Purdue at six. I know people will be like, but Purdue beat or got, Purdue got beat by Minnesota. Yes. They also beat the number two team in the country. So I'm going to give Purdue the nod there. They beat Purdue or they beat Iowa their two biggest studs were amazing in that game. David Bell, 240 yards receiving. George Karloftis pressured uh, Spencer Petrus all game long. Really helped that Boilermaker defense turn Petrus over several times. Petrus threw four picks against that defense. And Jeff Brom, I, I don't know how long this is going to last. But the fact that they played three quarterbacks – Jack Plummer, Aiden O'Connell, and there's a third guy who I'm blanking on. I don't know how much how much that will last into future games, and they have a tough schedule. They get Michigan State and Ohio State uh, later on in November. But, you know, I, I'm curious to see what they can make of the momentum from beating Iowa. Right now, Purdue con- controls their own destiny in the West. And so I think it's going to be tough because they have Michigan State and Ohio State. Iowa does not. But I think Purdue, Purdue could, could do something with this and might be able to maybe make a way to get to the Big Ten championship game if they can continue to win and, and maybe spring an upset or two. I've got Michigan State at five. This is the second time, you know, they, they beat Indiana, but this is the second time in I think three weeks that Michigan state's offense has really been limited by a a, a better than average defense. And I am really concerned about them. I I think they are a good team. They're, they're ranked in the top 10 right now in the AP poll. I think they are probably going to be more, I I said in the mid season review, like a nine and three, I think they could be eight and four. Like I wouldn't be surprised if Purdue beats them. Uh, Michigan State, kind of the rest of the way. They have a bye this week, and then they play Michigan at Purdue, Maryland at Ohio State, Penn State. That's a tough, tough stretch 
And so, you know, I, I don't, I think they'll beat Maryland, but they've got to play some pretty good defenses and some pretty good pass rushers in those, in the, uh, in some of those games. And then Ohio state's offense is Ohio state's offense. I don't think they can, they can slow them down. So I, I think Michigan state they're at five. I think they'll stay in the top five throughout this season, maybe top six, but I, I think they have, we have seen when they face stiffer defenses, it's going to be tough for them. Number four is Iowa. Obviously they were my top team last week. Uh, they lost 24 to seven to Purdue. Listen, and I, I, I shared this on the big, on the midseason review. Iowa's limitations on offense gives them no room for error. And so their defense I wouldn't say their defense was terrible, but they got lit up by David Bell. And they don't have the offense to come from behind. And so they got they got down 14 to 7 at half, and they don't have the passing game. And Tyler Goodson, as good as he is, and he's a he's a really good back, but they 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 don't have the offense to pull them out when they get down. And that's a weakness. That's a real weakness for them. And so if they turn you over and you and they get on you, that's really tough because then you start to press. We saw that with Maryland. I think we saw that a little bit with Penn State, although you know Penn State was up in that game and then Clifford got hurt. We saw it with Indiana. We saw it with Iowa State. But if you get ahead of them and they have to play catch up, it's over. Because Petrus, you know, he is he's a game manager and I don't mean that in a derogatory way, but he is not going to win you a game in a shootout. And so I was for, I think, I think the only way they were going to go undefeated is because they were playing a weaker schedule the rest of the way. And I, I would not be surprised if they lose another game again, not because their defense their defense is good. Although uh, their top two corners are hurt and I don't know the extent of their injuries, um, they do have a buy, which I think will really help them to get healthy. So we'll see. But right now, I still think Iowa is the team to beat in the West. Number three is Michigan. They were number four last week. They were on a buy. Number two is Penn State. They were on a buy. And before people get on me about, well, but Iowa beat Penn State, I don't care. Penn State's better than Iowa. I saw it with my eyes. I saw it with, with Sean Clifford. They were the better team, and it, I don't think it was close. And I'm just going to rank it that way. And that's true in my top 10, too. I, and I get Iowa fans, you might be upset, but you lost to Purdue by 17 at home. I don't want to hear it. So Penn State's the better team. I have them at two. And that Auburn win looks a lot better after Bo Nix went wild on Arkansas. So Arkansas is a good team and they, you know, they beat them by 15. So uh, props to, to Penn state. Uh, Ohio state is uh, my number one team. And honestly, the reason why, and I'm curious to see how they do against Indiana. I think we're seeing the limitations of all the big 10 teams at this point. I think Ohio State has the highest ceiling 
And I think we're starting to see it. I don't know if any defense in the Big Ten can check their their receivers. You know, Chris Olave, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Garrett Wilson, Jeremy Ruckert at tight end, Travion Henderson, and then that offensive line with CJ Stroud as the trigger man. If he's healthy and the, the progress he's made is real, I'm not sure there's a Big Ten team that can stay within two touchdowns of them. And I I, I say that. I think their defense could have a really bad day, but here's the difference between Ohio state and Iowa. If Iowa's defense has a bad day, there's no way they can win. If Ohio state's defense has a bad day and I think they will, I I would not be surprised if Jahan Dotson gets loose for 200 or David Bell gets loose for 200 or, you know, somebody exploits them. Wouldn't be surprised. The difference is that Ohio state has an offense that, you know, especially as they continue to get better, they can outscore you. And so that's not to say that they can't lose. They now have four top 25 teams, not including the big 10 championship game left on their schedule. So it's a gauntlet. So I wouldn't be surprised if they lose. I just, I think their path to victory in every game moving forward is a lot wider than anyone else's. So I have them as the number one power team in the big 10. So that's my, my, my power rankings real quick, my national top 10, and then I'll sign off here. Number one, easy. It's Georgia. Of course it's Georgia. They, they beat another ranked team uh, by 17 points. It wasn't particularly close. And before people start saying yes, but who have they really beaten? It was Kentucky and, you know, Clemson looks bad. And I just want you to look at their defense I don't care who they faced. Jordan Davis should probably be on the short list for the Heisman. He's a, he's a stud at nose tackle. He's really good. Uh, so they're number one and it's, it's them and no one else. Like it's, it's one. And then a, a, a tier, uh, a tier lower for everybody else. Number two is Oklahoma. I had Oklahoma there last week and I'll tell you, Caleb Williams, that's a, that's a good quarterback, and he's a true freshman. I understand why they benched Spencer Rattler. Uh, and, I, and I liked Spencer Rattler. He, he, he was struggling, but Caleb Williams is the guy going forward, and it's, it's a no-brainer. And quite honestly, I, you know, I, in my midseason review, I had Georgia-Ohio State in the national championship game. I'm not so sure that Oklahoma isn't the, team, the second team to beat. Uh, in the country after seeing them play TCU. I know it's one game. I know TCU isn't the greatest team in the world, but I was, I was really impressed offensively. I don't, I don't know who's going to stop them. Number three, I have Cincinnati. A lot is just on the strength of the Notre Dame win, but I I think you got to honor them as an undefeated team that defeated Notre Dame at Notre Dame. So they're number three. I have number four, Alabama. Again, I think they have a great resume. That Ole Miss win looks better and better. The Florida win, eh. The Miami win, eh. But I still think Bama is probably the best one-loss team. And I get people might be upset about that. They're ready to get Alabama out of there. Listen, either Bama's going to win out and get to the playoff, or they're going to lose again, and they're, they're going to be out of the playoff. And so it, it's that simple for Bama. And honestly, they, they deserve – 
they, they deserve the benefit of the doubt because they have the talent. And because honestly, last year they had the best team, one of the best teams I've ever seen in college football. So I've got them number four, number five, I have Oregon. The reason why is they beat Ohio state and I, I'm not going to put Oregon below any of these other teams until they lose another one. Um, because I think that Ohio state win matters and they did it without Kayvon Thibodeau. So that win matters. I get that they've struggled against other teams, but I've got Oregon at five, Ohio state six. Uh, they, I know they haven't faced anybody, but I just seeing them start to click. They, they are going to be a force to be reckoned with. I've Penn state seven. Again, the Auburn win looks great. And you know, it, it's too bad that they lost to Iowa, but they still control their own destiny. Number eight, I have Michigan. You know, they, they have not beaten anybody, but, you know, they've, they're undefeated and they've looked pretty good against most teams except for Nebraska and Rutgers. They controlled most of the Rutgers game, though, in the first half, in the first half and in the fourth quarter. So Michigan at eight, Iowa at nine. Uh, again, I, I don't think you can ding Iowa too much. You know, they're coming off a big win against Penn State. We'll, we'll see what Purdue does, but, you know, Purdue has two first-round picks in David Bell and George Karloftis. So I'm not, you know, I'm not going to ding them too much for it, but they, they do go behind Penn State. They do go behind Michigan. And then number 10, I have Oklahoma State. I, I really debated between them and Michigan State. You know, you look at Oklahoma State's resume and on the surface, it looks good. You know, they just beat Texas. They beat Baylor. I think they, they beat Iowa State. No, they play, they play Iowa State later. I, I forget who their other, their other win is. But honestly, is Texas even that good? I mean, they now have three losses. You know, they, I just don't know if they're all that good, to be honest. I don't have a lot. I don't have a lot of faith in the big 12. And so they are undefeated and they're in a better conference than wake forest. And I no offense to wake forest. I'm not ranking you in the top 10, even if you're undefeated, because you just, you've struggled with uh, a Syracuse team that lost to Rutgers. So sorry, not doing it. Oklahoma state's 10 Michigan state is just on the cusp as is Ole Miss. So that that's my, my top 10 my power rankings. This has been the week seven recap. Again, make sure to like and subscribe and we will get week seven picks or week eight picks out to you. Hopefully by Thursday, it might be a little later this week, just because uh, there's some just other life things happening. So I will try to get that out as soon as possible, but if not, uh, it'll come out on Friday, but again, like subscribe, leave a review. We'd love to hear your feedback and yeah. Thank you so much for listening. This has been the big 10 football talk podcast. Have a good night and God bless. 